How about we look at all of the fruits of the Spirit and ask the question in this series, why am I not experiencing all of the fruits of the Spirit? Have y'all met, and, and I thought the little, the, 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 the video just did it well, like, you know, I don't know, I've I run into so many people who are like, I'm this, but I'll never be that. I'm patient, but I'll never be, you know, really shining like a love for people. Or I have a lot of self-control, you know, but don't ask me to be something else that I'm not. We're talking about the fruits of, come on, the Holy Spirit. One, talk about the fruits of you. The fruits of you nobody really likes. (laughs) Or me. Or Pastor Alicia. Come on, somebody. But the fruits of the Spirit is what people are looking for. And so that's why it's called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so as we dive into this series, keep that in mind, that that cultivating the Spirit in our relationships, people are looking for the fruits of the Holy Spirit, especially when we say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. If we're not, then we're not. But since we are, come on, then they're looking for love and joy and peace, according to Galatians 5, and patience and People want to see the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness. There's even more gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so I want to thank Paul for writing this in here so clearly that as we're being filled with the Holy Spirit and declare that we are followers of Jesus Christ, this is what we should expect to emulate from our lives. And when it doesn't, we should be pausing and saying, Holy Spirit, how can I cooperate with you? How can I be pruned or cultivated to bear all the fruit that you want to see through me? And I have stopped making excuses. I have a personality just like you. My personality is different than Alicia. It's different from yours. I have stopped in the Lord making excuses for not being something that should be shining through me according to the word of God. Amen. And so I picked on personality profiles before. I think I have 10 of them. No, I'm stretching it. Maybe five at least. But we've done every personality profile under the sun, right? And, and what I've heard over the years is a lot of excuses from people. Well, because of this, because of that. How about we lay aside our excuses and say, Holy Spirit, cause me and move through me and cultivate me to become all that you've asked me to do and to be. Amen, somebody? So that's why I called it fruit salad. So although our behavior is an indicator of how we're doing, this is not a behavior modification message. How many know that doesn't work? I'm going to plaster a smile on my face and call it joy. (laughs) It might, you might fool some people for a bit, but if it isn't coming from the inside out, right? It's an inside out Christianity that we're walking in, right? The Holy Spirit inside cultivates us and makes us to become. We should pause and say, why do I have to plaster a smile on my face? Why don't I actually have this joy of the Lord experiencing the fullness thereof, right? So it's not a workspace religion, right? It's, it's, you know, after all, we're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not not the fruit of me necessarily. It's me cooperating with someone. Um, By the way, there's a, a, a dominant, predominant question I would love for us to ask as we're going through this series, and this is first of, I think, four. Yeah, we're going to talk about it three or four Sundays until we get toward Christmas. Then we'll switch and talk about something more Christmassy. Is that okay? <laughs> You're already in the Christmas spirit. Some of y'all have trees up. It's unbelievable. Walmart's filled with Christmas stuff. We'll get there. We'll get there, guys. 
Here's the predominant question I would love for you to just join me in. Looking at someone around you, starting with your family, maybe starting with your spouse, now I'm getting real, starting with the people that you work with, starting with those in your inner circle, ask this question, and I mean out loud. I don't mean just think it, I mean ask it at some point. What is it like living on the other side of me? Oh, that's a dangerous question, especially asking a spouse, because they'll tell you. What's it like experiencing me as your dad, as your mom, as a coworker, as a spouse? Come on. What is it actually like? How do I make you feel when you're around me? Another dangerous question, isn't it? Because those are indicators. Now, what I mean by indicators, again, if they say, I don't know, I don't know, you just aren't always patient, and then you start to drum up ways that you can appear patient, is not really what I'm after. I'm after a heart change so that you emulate the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. Come on, somebody, are you following? See, there, we have fuel indicators in our vehicles, right? All of you that have a vehicle, if you're not driving a horse and buggy, you actually have a vehicle that actually, that actually has an indicator, right? And so when the fuel light goes on, I don't usually let it go that, that bad, but sometimes I just take a hammer and I knock out the fuel indicator so it goes away. That's called behavior management. I don't want to see it. I'm going to change that. No, no, the fuel indicator is making me search a little deeper and go, wait, I need fuel in the tank. So where do I, where's the nearest fuel station? Does that make sense? And this is a, I'm, I'm trying to get you to think a little further than outside behavior. You can fix the gas light or knock it out, but it actually doesn't put fuel in your vehicle. Is that right? Furthermore, furthermore, when have you walked into an orchard or a vineyard, if there's some around here, and you heard the trees just groaning and complaining and going, I gotta bear fruit today. I gotta make grapes. And it's this other tree over here just swaying and frustrated in the wind, going, Apples, are you serious? More apples? I gotta make apples. This is ridiculous, right? When have you heard that? Never. Why? Because a tree and a vineyard, they simply produce that which they were created by the great creator to produce, and they do it with all the joy that is a tree, right? If they don't, there's a plight, but in and of themselves, they just produce, right? And so we, it's not a striving message, it's a grace message to get in touch with the grace that is ours in Jesus Christ. And now I'm talking about enabling grace, right? That which God has provided for us and then to abide in that. And so I want it to be that kind of series. I want to read John 15. I'm going to read 1 to 11. I'm going to take it slow um, and Maybe point out a few things, but this is the main verses for today. Y'all ready? John 15, starting at one. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the vine dresser, meaning he's the master of the vineyard. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And then some translations say cut off. I want to return to that verse and talk a little bit about that. So hang in there. And every branch that, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Somebody say more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. He's like, you're already connected. This is not a salvation message. This is, this is the fact that you are saved and now you're ready to bear more fruit. Already you're clean. Abide in me and I in you. Somebody say abide. We're going to talk a lot about that today. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is, or she it is, that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. This is not talking about believers now. It's talking about others that are not in him. Thrown into the fire and burned. That means just separation from the Lord. I mean, we have a choice, right? Number, uh, verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse eight. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay, it's redundant. Much fruit, much fruit, much fruit. You're the congregation of much. Much and many. We are much. Come on, somebody. <laughs> By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Somebody say my disciples. See, now people are noticing that there's something going on here that it looks like followers of Jesus because they what? Look like little Christ. That's what the word Christian means, little Christ, right? They call them Christ-like or little Christians, little Christ-like people. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Can you say amen to the word of the Lord? Yeah, John 15, 2, I want to explain it because there's this really a deeper thing to look at here. And it's upset a lot of people because it's like, man, if I don't bear all the fruit, I don't have the right kind of fruit in due season, so to speak, then I'm going to get chopped off and send to hell. <laughs> Something like that. Because there's, there's translations here that I really want to point out. And I think it'll bless you. Uh, John 15, 2, it says, it says, really, does it really say that I'll be cut off or separated? But it says those that are in him. So every branch of me that is not brave fruit, he takes away. And then a lot of translations uh, use cuts, uh, cuts off. Well, that word there that we see is the word called aero, A-I-R-O. And of course, it looks different in uh, the Greek. But the Greek word is aero, and it can be translated as cut off, removed. But I believe there's a more correct translation because the same word pops up in different places in Scripture. And it means to, get this, take up or to raise. Why they would pick the same word, <laughs> I have no idea. But then oftentimes, you know, if we look deeper and get a Strong's Concordance, if you don't own one, that's still a good idea, right? Look a little deeper. So the Strong's Concordance definition is I raise and I lift up or I take away or I remove. And so it's used interchangeably. But how about this? When the vine dresser, the keeper of the vineyard, looks at you and he says, this area of your life or this place needs a little bit of help. Not all the fruits of my spirit are visible right now to all. I am going to pick them up, raise them out of the muck and the mire, right? Where have you heard that before? King David's like, you raised me up out of the muck and the mire. You set my feast my, my feet upon a rock. Thank you, Lord. And then what the vine dresser would do is, is, this is as old as the hills. Come on, somebody. They would take these vines and they would attach them to grape arbors or fence posts or various things like that to raise them up so they could get the sun. Right, so that the sun would shine upon all the right leaves and all the right places. And then the areas where it seemed like too branchy, all right, or too, too, uh, too thick, they would trim some of those branches so that the rest of it would look more full and bear much fruit. And so the Holy Spirit is coming to us and he's saying, those of you that are in Christ, 
I am about to raise up. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to mess with your life. Why? So that you bear much fruit. I'm going to mess with you. I am going to take a hold of you and I'm going to change this and change that, prop you up here and mess with you over here. I might chop a little thing, a few things out of your life. That's called pruning. They know exactly where to cut so that it doesn't kill. It actually brings more life. Come on, somebody. Do you trust in the Father today as the vine dresser to say, prune me and make me? Somebody say, I trust you, Father. It takes a lot of surrender. It takes a lot of willingness, come on, to cooperate with him in this process and say, I want all that you got and I want the full fruit salad in my life. I don't want to walk through life and just say strawberries. I'm strawberries. Don't ask me to be pineapples or something like that. So therefore, therefore, our main job our main job. Somebody say, well, then what do I do? What's my part to play? Our job as we're going to start today is to abide. Somebody say abide. How do I do this? How do I cooperate with the master of the vineyard and simply produce that which what I was created to produce? John 15, 9 says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Now, I want to go into just a few uh, practical things to start us out today on how we abide. And I've asked Alicia to come preach with me. So would you welcome my lovely wife, Alicia, to the stage again? <clears throat> and then I'll come back up after she's done preaching. Love you, honey. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good to see y'all. So yeah, I'm going to talk about some action steps. And Vern did a great job of sort of laying the foundation and a lot of times when we hear messages like this, we go, well, how do, I, how do I apply that? What does that look like to put that into action in my life? So the first action step that we have for you is stay connected to the vine and abide. And I know that Vern talked about that. And the verse that I have for that is 1 John 4, 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And that could look like a lot of practical things in our life. And, and some of the ways that we can practice abiding would be simply sitting in God's presence, listening to his voice, maybe putting on a, an amazing worship song where you're just worshiping before the Lord. And it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing where we're performing for God. We're not performing. We're just abiding with him. Those are some things that I do in my walk with the Lord. And I found that they help me to bear fruit because I'm sitting in his presence and just soaking in time with him. And I think that as we practice those things, then our identity as a son or a daughter of God really stays intact because we're running to the source. We're running to our creator to ground us. So we have a daughter who's getting married next summer, which is super exciting. And because places book venues, we found out like a year in advance or a year and a half in advance, it's crazy. We've already been looking at venues and her soon to be fiance is in Louisiana. So I got to go look at all the venues with her, which was super fun. But one of the places that we visited was a beautiful vineyard in Lancaster County. And I remember we just stood up there kind of looking out over the view and there was all these beautiful vines perfectly uh, pruned and perfectly placed on the, it almost looked like they had like ropes that they would sort of tie them on and it was beautiful. And I got to thinking about that this week when we were preparing for this message and I thought, isn't that interesting how you see the vines and they allow themselves to be arranged, they allow themselves to be pruned, they allow themselves to be connected properly and as Vern said, they're not struggling to produce grapes. As they allow themselves to be molded and shaped by the vine dresser, 
They just naturally produced the grapes. And it was such a beautiful scene. And I thought, wow, that's, that is a picture of us as believers. When we allow ourselves to abide in the vine, so to speak, then God arranges us and prunes us and we naturally bear that fruit. My next action step for you is, and this kind of ties into what I was saying, choose to yield to the master of the vineyard. And obviously in our life, that would be God. And I was thinking about the word yield this week too. And I thought a lot of times we use that in a negative way. Like you're driving on the road and you're like, oh, I have to yield. They get to go first. And it's sort of like almost we use it in a derogatory way and not in a positive way. But I looked up the the definitions of the word yielding. And the one that stood out to me that was so interesting, and it says, to be guided by. So I was thinking, wait a minute, that is what it looks like in our life when we yield to the master vine dresser. We actually are saying, God, I give you the right to guide my life. I give you the right to prune me, to shape me, to to pull out anything in me that needs to go. And it actually is an action thing that we do. It's not a, oh, I gotta lay down, I gotta yield to God. But there's action behind it. We're saying, God, I choose in my heart to yield myself to you. I choose to to yield my desires, God, make me like you. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's a a positive thing. One One of the other things that I think is really important that we absorb is we actually need to become good receivers. Because if you think about the vines and growing the grapes, They have to choose to receive all the pruning and the shaping and the molding and the cultivating, and that's how they grow fruit. So it's almost opposite of our like, hey, I just gotta, I gotta pick myself up by my bootstraps and and I gotta gotta perform for God. And God's saying, actually, could you just yield to me? Could you receive from me? And then that's how we we start to cultivate and grow the fruit. And God is not a sloppy pruner, you know? Vern and I have, we, we have ongoing discussions about these yellow, beautiful yellow bushes that grow in our yard, but they only bloom for like two weeks. And then they're just annoying because they're just there. But we are not great pruners. We do the best we can, but God is not a sloppy pruner. Ours, we did pretty good this fall. We pruned them all-ish, but we're not, yeah, we're not pros at that. But God is not a sloppy pruner. He is a pro at pruning. And when we allow him to do that, again, that's where we were molded and shaped into his image and we can bear fruit. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. How about Isaiah 64.8? But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And that's a beautiful picture of you know, I don't know if, if any of you took um, classes in clay. I think in, in my daughter's high school, they, they do that, and she took that. And you know, you look at that lump of clay, and you're like, man, how could that turn into anything? And if the clay tries to mold itself, imagine that. You know, you would get just this messy blob of clay. But as the clay yields and the master's hand molds it, you get this just these beautiful creations. Um, so amen. All right, my next point. This one is very, I'll share more about my story, but this one's very personal to me. Be a Mary, not a Martha. So I'm gonna read from Luke 10, and most of you are probably familiar with this story. Uh, So we'll start at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And uh, in verse 42, some manuscripts say, but only one thing is needed. And you know, Martha was really distracted. And I can totally relate to Martha. Martha was so distracted with everything else and she's trying to do this and take care of this and make the preparations. And Mary's just sitting there. And by default, I'm a very task person. You can ask Fern. I will wake up thinking of things that need to be done. I literally keep a, a little notepad and a pen on my bedside table because my brain will be thinking of things that need to be done for work, for home. And that's how, that's how much of a default my brain goes into. And over the years, I have had to learn to become a Mary. And it was such a journey for me. It would be, I would get so stressed out with everything that needed to be done with the kids or our jobs or this and that. And God would use this gentle voice and say, Alicia, could you just come and sit with me and put first things first and I'll help you with all those other things. You're so worried about everything else, but put me first and just sit and abide and I'm gonna help you with all those other things. And I would be like, yes, God, okay. Thank you for reminding me again. I just need to sit and to be in your presence. And I still will default into the Martha mode sometimes. And God in his gentle voice will say, Alicia, you're doing it again. Would you just come and be a Mary and sit and abide? And then you will have all of those fruits and I'll help you with all of those things. And it is amazing the difference that that makes. And I'm still working on it. God still has to remind me. I think that this is, this is something that I think is really important to, to absorb. Sons and daughters of God abide. It's, it's our inheritance in Jesus to receive all that we need from him. But if we have that orphan mentality, we strive. So think about that. Sons abide and orphans strive. Orphans are not solid in their identity in God. So they're always trying to do more and be more. And, oh, I can't, be I can't believe that. And, and, and look at the mess that I made. And, oh, I better do more to, you know, to please God and to you know, check those boxes for God. But sons and daughters simply abide. And then out of that place of abiding, we naturally want to be patient and kind and loving because those are the fruits that we're producing. Yeah. I was thinking about Mary in that in the story that we read there. And, you know, Mary yielded herself in the good soil of Jesus's presence to learn from him and become like him. And, you know, if we focus so much on the, the grapes, so to speak, but we forget what goes into producing the grapes, we, we have it backwards. We have the cart before the horse. And God is the one that places us in that good soil. I think they're gonna have a picture, maybe, I have a picture that I found of the vineyard, of a vineyard with the cultivated soil. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I would totally love to just sit out there and read a book. It's gorgeous. But it's not, it's not just all the pruning and the placing on the, you know, the, 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 the lines there. But look at, look at that soil. And that's also what happens is we're just sitting in, in God's presence where maybe we're worshiping, maybe we're reading scripture. We're sitting in that good soil and... You know, I think if, if Mary were in that picture, she'd be sitting right there in that soil, just a picture of just listening to Jesus. So I thought that was a pretty cool picture. 
And, you know, back to the idea of sons and daughters of God, we are, we're created in God's image. We are, we're his kids. And we are created to produce the fruits, not just strawberries, not just grapes, you know, not just pineapples, but all of the fruits of the spirit. I think they might have another picture too after this one. We'll see if they have it. Um, but I was looking at pictures of grapes because I thought, oh, isn't that one gorgeous? Look at that. That looks refreshing. I just want to go pick some and eat them because that looks so good. And that is a, that's a picture of just fruitfulness and producing the fruit. And, you know, you can even see the, see, uh, the branches there and how it's connected and this is connected to that. And, you know, those grapes are getting, getting the nutrients from the soil. They're getting it from the, the vine. The branches are feeding that. And, you know, that's a picture of us, fruitfulness. Let me see if they have another one. If not, that's fine. Oh, there's another one. Isn't that beautiful? Fruitful, that's a picture of us just being fruitful. And they might have one more. And my point with this is, if you look at the different grapes, the expressions of the fruits of the Spirit may look different. Some of us maybe are, are you know, producing grapes that look like that. But we're, the point is, we're all producing fruits. And we should, we should practice that. There might be one, one last picture. And I, I had to chuckle when I ran across this one because all the other pictures, it was these huge bunches of grapes. And then I thought, oh, look at this little one. And you know what the Holy Spirit reminded me? You start where you are and you grow from there. Those are, that's still fruit, even if it's a smaller bunch of fruit. And so as we practice abiding and being pruned, then our fruit can grow larger. And I ran across this quote this week, funny enough on Facebook, and I'm hardly ever on Facebook, but I thought this was this applied. It says, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Mm, isn't that good? I'll read it again. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And God was like, you know what? We're really guilty of doing that. Oh my gosh, look at that person. How did they get so patient? How did they get so loving? Why are they so gentle? Oh man, I could, I could never be that. And God's like, just, just start where you are and allow me to grow the fruits in you and don't compare, because guess what? They didn't get, get to chapter 20 by just like, oh, I'm writing chapter 20. They had to write chapter one and chapter two and chapter three, and they built up to chapter 20. So don't discount yourself if you're starting at chapter one and just invite God and th- say, God, as, I, as you're writing my story, I trust you to help me along this. Yeah. Brent's gonna come back up. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> wow. Thanks, love. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, y'all have gotten to know me just a little bit. Now you're like, oh, dear God, what next? I, I like to preach and then practice. And y'all, y'all heard when I, you know, when I preached on prayer, we just practiced prayer. And I'm going to do something today that's called practice abiding. Because some of you have been doing this for 40 years, 30 years. And some of you have been doing this for a week. And some of you just never quite understand what it feels like. And some of you have been like, I've done it and led other people into it. So I'm preaching to a wide spectrum of Christian followers. That makes sense? Well, for those of you, it, this is all good for us. This is a practice that I don't plan to stop and, until the day that I'm in, in eternity with Christ Jesus. 
But uh, what I would like for you to do, now I'm going to sit right here and we're going to practice what it looks like abiding. And I'm going to say some prayers and, and we're just going to practice the presence of the Lord just for a moment. We got a few minutes here. Just practice the presence of the Lord. Somebody's going to start playing. Nate's coming to play just in the background. But now I want you to just forget about me as, I, as we practice this. Maybe you're in your home office. Maybe you're in your prayer couch, whatever that looks like. Most of you have a chair, somewhere where you read scripture, right? Somewhere where you pray. Maybe it's in your basement. Maybe it's at work. But just, just pretend that that's where you are right now. You're in the comfort of Grace Church, but just pretend that's where you are. And close your eyes so that you don't see me. You don't see the neighbors all around you. And what, what we are in now is we are 100% aware that we are in Christ Jesus, but even more, that he is in us, that he is living within me by the person of the Holy Spirit. So start saying, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. You are with me. I remain in you. And because of your faithfulness, you remain in me. Now I acknowledge your presence here. Thank you, Lord. Speak to me. Now teach me your will and your ways. Show me anything you want to show me. I repent of all my ways and I align my will and my ways with yours. And I cultivate 100% awareness of your goodness, your love, the way you care for me. Say your own words in this moment. I'm just going to ramble for a little bit. This is just how I talk to God a lot. And I do it many, many times throughout the day. Some days not enough. Some days more than others, just like you. But Lord, I need your presence. I cannot bear fruit without acknowledging you inside of me. Christ within, the hope of glory, as Paul described it. And sometimes we need to be still and know that you are God. Because it's you that wants to bear fruit through me. I'm going to stop talking for a little bit so you can mumble some of your own words, but have a few moments with the Lord and talk to him in this moment. Teach me how to be more like Mary, which is why you shared that story with us. I don't want to be busy like Martha, though we have moments like that. Most of us have careers and jobs. We have busy moments. But give me more moments like Mary where I sit. I'm aware of you. I'm sitting at your feet learning from you, sitting in the good soil of your presence. Somebody say, teach me, Lord. need love flow through me in love where I need joy restore the joy of my salvation Lord when I haven't shown peace in my relationships or just living in the world give me the peace that passes all understanding as your word says Lord when I've not been patient Lord I need the patience to flow through me that comes 
from abiding in the vine. Help me to be patient with everyone in my household and everyone I work with, patient on the road. Come on, somebody. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Make me fruit salad in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me today? You're such an amazing family. Thank you, guys. Before we, before, before we fully wrap up, those of you that are here, if anyone's here, that you're gone, man, I don't know what it's like to be connected to the vine. I don't know that I acknowledge Jesus Christ and Maybe, it, maybe I know about him, but I haven't made him my Lord and my Savior, whereby I've learned how to abide in him, much less asking him to abide in me through the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, we would love to just take a moment today for you to acknowledge that and say, you know, I don't want to do life my own way forever. I need to, I need to do my life his way. It takes surrender. It takes a yielding. It's an act of yielding to the vine dresser. We call him the master of the vineyard today. And it's simply saying, you get to the place where you're like, I'm yours. I'm yours. I am not my own. You bought me with a price. And I want to acknowledge before you, Jesus, that I'm yours. Every eye closed for just one more moment. If you haven't ever done that, I would love for you to put your hand high in the air so I can see it. And then we're going to pray all together and pray for you and along with you. I see you, I see you. Anyone else? Hallelujah. I see you. Really proud of you, brother. Hallelujah. I see you, I see you. This is awesome. Thank you, Lord. I abide in you as you abide in me. Thank you, Father. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I saw three. I don't know about you guys. Thank you, Lord. Listen, you're not supposed to see. You're supposed to have your eyes closed. But I saw three talking to my ushers right now. <laughs> Let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Lord Jesus, I am calling on you. I repent of all my sins. Come into my heart and be Lord over my life. Holy Spirit, fill me and guide me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's applaud those who said yes to Jesus. If you're online today, just type it in there somewhere saying, I received Jesus, and we want to pray with you as well. If you're here and you just prayed that prayer just now, and you, you say, I have determined right now to follow Jesus Christ, we would love for you to stop by the next step station on your way out. We want to send you send you home with a book that we have especially for you just to help get you launched on your journey in Jesus Christ. And let's do one more thing. And I want to just pray a corporate prayer as we finish. Those of you that are here today and you're saying, I just resonate with this message today. I need to just I need to just abide. There's something in me that has to restruct, allow myself, come on, to be structured and pruned so that I am fully abiding again and again and acknowledging, 100% acknowledging the presence. If that's you here today, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray a corporate prayer over you, many of you. 
all over the place. Good, good. Online, type it in there to say, I need to abide. Let's pray one more time. I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you are the master of the vineyard and you are master of this vineyard. You're a master of my mind, will, and emotions. You're a master of this body. You're a master, Lord, of this spirit. And I declare, Lord, that we abide in you and that you would go to work. Come on, that you would go to work on me, that you would prune, that you would take a hold of the branches that are not as fruitful as they should be, that you would mess with my life in such a way that I will never be the same again, and that I bear all the fruits of the Holy Ghost this week, and that I would not be in a place of lacking, that I would not be in a place of holding back. We declare, Lord, that you are the great master, you are the great shepherd, and we trust in you. We place our full and complete trust in you to mold us and to make us into your image. I'm sick of the image of American Christianity. I want to be in your image, Lord Jesus. I'm sick of the flesh. I want to be made into your image, Lord. Lord, flow through me. Lord, you said fruits of the Spirit, and I declare that the Holy Spirit can flow through me because it's how I was created to function. Amen and amen. All God's people said, amen, amen and amen. amen. <clears throat>